you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy of our praise. He alone is worthy of our time today. With me, Kevin, Milwaukee. Brother, you're not becoming a Brewers fan out there, are you? <laughs> no, sir. I've, I've not absorbed all that, nor have I absorbed the... Uh the liquid that flows so freely throughout these parts. <laughs> yeah. So, folks, if you don't know, uh, Milwaukee is the beer capital of the world, unfortunately. But I want you to know that one of the best foot, uh, uh, best baseball games I've ever been to was in Milwaukee. I was out there when I was in the Army for a conference, and they were playing the Red Sox, and the Red Sox spanked them. And it was a beautiful night out there. <laughs> we got up by about 13 runs in the third inning, and people just started leaving. So we, we just sat down there on the field. It was a great game. When you go up by 13 runs, people give up. I just want to share that with you, folks. And uh, people are like, nah, there's no way we can come back and beat the Red Sox now. And uh, I was just cheering. I had my Red Sox shirt on, my Red Sox hat. I rolled up the shirt and the hat and put it in my backpack and <laughs> zipped my jacket on when I was leaving. People weren't real happy with me. So anyway, Kevin, we find ourselves in these riddles, these questions. So I moved up to sixth grade. I typed in sixth grade Bible questions. Now, I know you're going to get this one, but I think this one will be cool uh, for you and uh, for everybody who's listening. So uh, the Apostle Paul wrote some books of the Bible that are called the Pastoral Epistles. And uh, they're called the Pastoral Epistles. How many Pastoral Epistles are there in the Bible? Um, I think it's five. It's three. First and Second Timothy in the Epistle to Titus. And folks, I want you to know something. It's a hard question. We went from like second grade to 12th grade all at once but uh i've got a master's of theology i, I i'm gonna have to go back to kindergarten theology i i don't know brother i don't know i if i didn't find the question i probably would have said five or six myself yeah uh, yeah. yeah yeah but the, the books are specifically obviously written to pastors and their qualifications and things of that nature so we find ourselves in this place with confusion and uh, I was telling Kevin a little while ago that the reason I picked this topic is I'm, we're, we're constantly on the prowl. We're looking for things that people suffer from, from PTSD. And in one of my notes here, it says that one out of three to one out of four, depending on whose study you want to pick, the VA says one out of three. The U.S. government says one out of four people with PTSD suffer from confusion, confusion, and being confused and confusion. And, and I was thinking about that, and there's some verses that came to my mind. We need God's help with that. And, uh, uh, and one of the verses that come to my mind is the entrance of thy words over in Psalm 119, 130, giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and lean not on thy own understanding, and thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And I, I think the important thing to understand, folks, when we get bogged down with the secular worldly things, I get confused. If I'm mm. able to take God and put him into my mind first thing, which I do, 
So I, you guys know my routine. I listen and read. I go to the gym. I listen more. I listen to our broadcast. I listen to uh, the Bible. I read through it. I do. I throw as much of God into me as I can because it's true. His entrance, the words that enter into my mind, uh, it, it helps me to simply understand life and things going on around me. But if I just keep on, there's so much convoluted information out there in any given time in politics, any given time time in news channels, any given time in families. And sometimes we just need to tune the radio in and uh, we need to tune it into God's word, Kevin. Yeah. You know, uh, PTSD is often full of confusion. Job said in Job 4.15, if I be wicked, woe unto me. And if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I am full of confusion. Therefore, see thou my affliction, my affliction. So he's making his prayer to God and he's saying, Lord, you know, if I'm bad, I've got no path of reconciliation. It seems if I'm doing good, it's doing me no good. It's obviously I've lost everything. I'm, I'm full of confusion. And a little bit later on in Job 10, he described what he felt like in his confusion. He described it as a land of darkness. And, and he talked about going you know, if if he dies, it's gonna he's just gonna kind of complete this circle into a land of darkness, as darkness itself, and at, and of the shadow of death, without any order, and where light the light is as darkness. So you know, confusion is a place when you come to a place in your life where there's no order. You know, if if things are going bad for you, it just seems like that's your lot in life. And there's no hope. And then if things are going well for you, you're going to get, you know, uh, bad things happen to good people anyway. And, and so that's just part of the confusion. And this disorderliness in our mind needs to be replaced. The, you know, the treatment for it really is to, to realize that there is a path of reconciliation and that, that like you said, Doug, there's light. And there's light, not just light at the end of the tunnel. There's light in the tunnel. The entrance of the word will lighten the dark zone. And, um, brother, man, I've, I've been to, to times and places where I could not find any order. There was like, everything was out of order. I could not, the up was down, down was up. Good was bad. Bad was good. Everything seemed, you know, without hope, but with, like it says in Psalm 73, going into God's house and hearing from God, listening to a podcast can be a way Listening to a radio broadcast can be a way like this to hear from God and sometimes just a voice from God, just that still small voice speaks something in you that kind of realigns everything. Kind of like when your Phoenician blinds are all messed up, one's flipped one way, one's another. You just kind of take your, you know, the the the, the chain, the strings, just kind of go and everything's back in order. That God does that kind of thing to alleviate our confusion. He does. Our God is so good. And, uh, and folks, I, I will tell you, there, there is something within us, and we'll talk about this tomorrow, where, you know, truth or lies are what we're going to cover tomorrow, whether we tell truth to ourselves or lies to ourselves, and where's light, where's darkness. It's so important that we continue on with these subjects. So hang with us. Come back tomorrow for that. We continue to find ourselves in the book of John, chapter 9. I'm excited about that. Today we're on uh, verses number 17 through verse 23. And they said unto the blind man, 
again, what sayest thou of him that he have opened thine eyes? He said he is a prophet. So he, he's calling Christ a prophet. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm blown away at the clarity of the vision of this guy. This guy can see who God is. And he was a blind man. He gets it. And here are these spiritual guys who've been reading the Bible and living a life trying to hang on every word of the Ten Commandments. And this guy's saying, listen, I, I, I'm telling you, I don't know who he is, but man, I'm not blind anymore. So I'm telling you, he's a prophet. And uh, But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents. So here we go get the old folks. You know, these guys... <laughs> You know, remember now, by the time you have an adult son in these days, you're not doing great. You, you know, you're no longer hanging out <laughs> down at the water with them. I mean, the arthritis is caught up. The ailment is caught up. I mean, there, there's, there's no good motion for you back then. And uh, that he received his sight. And they asked, saying, is your son, who you see, was born blind? How then doth he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. So they grab up the kid, they go to the parents' house uh, or wherever the parents' abode is at. And, uh, but by what means that he now seeth, we know not. Or who hath opened his eyes, we know not. He is of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. So the parents are like, he's all grown up, man. We're at home. We have no Motrin. You know, there's nothing. <laughs> we're hurting. We're looking for cold ways. Uh, our bones hurt. And then, and, and we didn't know that we're not supposed to be eating gluten. That's what they're saying. They're saying, man, things are a mess here. We, we didn't know we're supposed to be gluten free. And then in 22, it says, these words spake his parents because they feared for the Jews. For the Jews has, had agreed already that if any any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, said his parents, he is of age, ask him. So his parents are de deflecting this over and over again. They say, listen, we're at home. You know, we don't know. All we know is that's our son and he can see now. And we're pretty happy about that. But the Pharisees, they're squeezing people. Folks, can I let you know, there's people in our life that want to squeeze us. There's people in our life that want to change things up. There's people in our life that want us to admit something that's not true. Well, folks, you've got to be that person. Uh, just stands for what's true. And what's true here is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone. He alone is truth. He alone is light. He alone is the one who speaks for us, to us, through us. And, uh, and we just got to accept what God has for us. And, and, but, you know, these Pharisees, they're, they're upset. These Pharisees want a reason to kill Jesus. Hey, folks, just hold that thought. We'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. And you know, I hate to say this, but I think his parents are scared to death. You know, they don't want to have to give an answer that, hey, this guy, you know, my son's saying Jesus healed him. He's got to be a prophet. He's healing him. They're scared to death of the Pharisees. Uh, I mean, they, 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 you know, Kevin, here these people are, these poor folks. Their son shows up and he can see and he's with the Pharisees. 
And, and what do you do? This is more proof. This is living proof on what narcissists look like who claim to be religious, brother. What do you think? Yeah. You know, when the, when the religious crowd, like you were saying yesterday, when the legit, religious crowd shows up, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go south in some way or another. And the reason is because the religious crowd are going to start virtue signaling each other. They've got this party line. Um, and of course, we're, ta- we're not talking about godly religion. We're not talking about true doctrine. We're talking about, you know, the religion that excludes, would rather exclude Jesus to maintain their own power and, and prestige. And that's what, exactly what was happening here. But they show up and begin this inquisition of the parents and they're like, okay. So uh, it, I went through chat in preparation for this. I had a great time studying John 9 because I, I took different colors and highlighted who was saying what, because there's a lot of players, you know, there's a lot of groups here. There's parents, there's the guy who was healed. There was the, the Pharisees and, uh, and then there's the neighbors, but the, 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 of these groups, this, you know, the inquisition starts in and uh, I, I used a dark highlighter for the inquisitors. And there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a lot of purple highlighting going on in this from here on out. But when they showed up, they're like, this man's not of God. You know, obviously, you know, how can a man that is of God do such miracles? And that shows that they were they were running their society, their party by fear. You know, well, okay, um, we kind of we kind of have things. uh, They wouldn't use the term, but hyper hyper uh, codified, codified, whatever. We have this thing hyper organized into a religious system. And so, number one, you don't do just about anything on the Sabbath day. Oh, by the way, you can get away with things on the Sabbath day. Uh, okay, so number two, we don't, um, you know, we, we have to give this much, and, and, and you can take what's due to your parents, and you can put it, you can give it to the temple, and there's exclusion clauses and so forth. So, you know, by the way, it's okay to not do right to your parents as long as you're doing right to our system. So, that's that's all part of what's driving these folks, and it's sad because when they start uh, interacting with with the parents, you know they were put in a, a weird position, and um, you know they're they're saying, you know, we know this is their son, and we know that he was born blind. We don't know how, so they rightly, you know, limited their words to to just the facts. And, you know, if you're dealing with a narcissist in your life or someone who is following some, you know, hyper party line thing where they're like, you know, we don't do that. And it's not something that's based on Bible. It's something based strictly on their own prestige. And it could be that that you're talking to someone who himself or herself is under a narcissist thumb. And so they're like kicking the dog through the hedge and yelling at the kids when they come home because of the pressure that's put on them. In that case, then, you know, you need to talk about a separation uh, as a family from the, the cause of this thing. And I'm talking about an ongoing narcissistic situation. But uh, these narcissists that showed up here, they just went after the parents and, and are like, you know, this is this is a wrong thing. And here's why. Boom, boom, boom. And they said, well, um, all we can tell you is this. Uh, he was born blind 
and he sees now, and like you said, by the way, he's old enough. Why don't you get the information from him? So again, if, if the narcissist is on your case, they call that gray rocking. Um, if, a, you know, when you gray rock a narcissist, you're no longer opening yourself up and sharing all your feelings and over speaking everything because you're not going to get anywhere. You've established that already. So instead, you're now gray stone. You're a gray rock wall and you are answering the questions and you are doing what you need to do before God. But before them, you're not going to open yourself up to be abused and used. And that eventually makes them lose interest and they'll probably go looking for another victim. But this is a classic situation Doug, of someone uh, of a group of people that are just going to hurt people, hurt other people. Yeah. And, and boy, don't we, uh, don't we come to meet these people who, want to put us in a period of questioning or inquisition where they, uh, you know, they're just trying to get you to say something. And this poor fella, you know, he's been blind his whole life. He's, you know, he's laying out there by this pool throughout the Bible. We see people waiting for water to be moved. You know, waters of God, God can do things using water. He's probably there to drink. People are coming by to get drink. He's probably there to get food. I mean, these are just things we're guessing. We know his parents are home. Uh, they're not out there with him. We don't know who's in charge of him. You probably look out for one another. The crippled guy's probably being carried by the blind guy. I mean, who knows? But we got these knuckleheads in our life, and they're in our life in 2023. They're in our life today. They're the people, oh, well, what did you do at your church? What do you do? You know, they're trying to get something. Oh, what did you do in your family? I, mean, I still remember, Kevin, this guy came up to me one day, and he asked me if I was a tithing Christian. Uh, this was back when I lived in Virginia many years ago. I'd been saved maybe a year. And in fact, I was a tithing Christian. I mentioned to him, yeah, I tithe every month. And he said, don't you realize how many new cars you could have right now with that tithing you're doing? Uh, don't you realize that could be a car payment or nicer home? Well, I want you to know that, you know, again, it was all these questions trying to make tithing look bad. Well, I want mm. you to know in 2023, some 30 years later, I'm sitting in a home that's paid for, driving a truck that's paid for, with kids with college educations that were paid for, and God has never let me down. And But folks, there's these people, and it doesn't matter what the subject is, these people are going to come up and they want to question the worst thing that ever happened to you in your life. They're out there. And they're going to say, well... Uh, Kevin, where were you on October 15th, 1999? <laughs> you know, and, and they're going to bring these questions out. And you just need to be like this blind guy. This blind guy's like, hey, listen, I was blind. <laughs> I could see now. That makes him a prophet. You know, and I think by him putting the word prophet out there, it's kind of challenging them to understand that this is what he believes and they should believe that. I think that made him mad. Mm -hmm. I, think that, I think that probably upset him. You know, he's saying, listen, I have better vision than you guys do. I've had vision your whole life. <laughs> I could see better than the whole bunch of you. Kevin, take a minute or so and tell us what you're thinking as you close this down and these people wanting to be in, in the middle of these question sessions and inquisition. How do we handle these folks? Boy, you know, uh, what you said is so good there, Doug. 
uh, the, these words fake his parents, verse 22, because they feared the Jews. You know, a, a, a society or a situation or a household or a company where people are living in fear is not going to be healthy. And so the best thing to do is gray rock. You know, in other words, just give the, the answer, do the minimum, not the minimum, do what's right, not the minimum, do what's right. Go the extra mile, even. Jesus talked about that. But don't let it uh, mess with your uh, spirit. Don't, you know, the Bible says, return unto thy rest, O my soul. Go back to Jesus. And when they start to mess with your relationship with Jesus, it's time to take a stand and let the chips fall. And oftentimes you'll be like this young man on the outside of the synagogue, eventually on the outside of that group. And, uh, and you'll find out that's the best place to be on the outside of them and closer to Jesus. Amen. But the natural man and reminding us of the secular man, these people on earth, they receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Gray rocking, as Kevin was just saying, it's the way to go. Minimize, you know, be as unresponsive as possible and tell the truth. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the truth or lies, and, and you don't want to miss this. It's, it's really important that we're in reality. We sure do love you, folks. We hope you have a great day. And when you go out today, remember, we're that smile that only God can give you and that we're praying for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.